Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Guys, I just had to start with how amazing you all are. Thank you for coming and listening to Girl Next Door every week. And thank you for the people that have uh, very recently written five-star, sorry, they've tapped the five-star button, but you've also written some really nice reviews on Apple. Thank you for that. If you could keep that coming, that does more to help this podcast than anything else. Of course, there are some of you that would like to support more, which you can also do on the Buy Me A Coffee platform. Guys, today we're going to go back to the pop psychology. We're going to do a bit of a finale. Um, I probably should have reworded the way I did the mental health, uh, mental resilience toolbox because it actually, in case you didn't realize, which you wouldn't because I didn't tell you, uh, that was all a part of the pop psychology. So pop psychology started a few weeks ago and then I kind of deviated into the mental resilience toolbox. I just couldn't fit all the words on basically. And so anyway, now we're back to the finale of pop psychology and where I want to finish it today is with a statement that I don't know, maybe it's considered controversial, but I really, really hope not. And uh, I want to prove to you today that it shouldn't be. It actually should be something that we all, um, or hopefully by the end of today, you will want to subscribe to. And that is the thought that your mental health is designed to heal. Guys, say it with me. My mental health is designed to heal. Now, I think that there's a really powerful question here that we all have to ask ourselves. Do you believe that? Do you believe that your mental health is designed to heal? There are so many people that I wish I could just sit them down and go, okay, and 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 that I could sit with face to face, people who really love, 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 love their labels and just go, you know what, that's great that you, um, you know, can, I guess, work out what it is that maybe your challenges and your issues are around mental health. I am certainly not adverse to that, to recognizing and diagnosing. But at the same time, are you also a believer that your mental health can heal, that it's part of the way that you've been designed? And some of you might go, well, what do you mean, Renee, that your mental health is designed to heal? Well, think about it like this. We all know that God's designed our bodies to heal, right? Well, how do we know? Well, have you ever broken a bone? Have you gotten a cut? Have you had a blister? Have you ever had stitches or pulled a muscle or had surgery? The body is absolutely miraculous. And even people that are not Christians would say, yeah, the body is pretty amazing. It actually heals itself. And our mind is part of our body. We are body mind and spirit. So if our bodies are designed to heal, why can't our minds? So do you believe that no matter what disorder or mental health challenge that you have, that it can be healed and you don't have to have these things for the rest of your life? And the second question that is a really good follow-up to the first is, do you want to heal? Now, 
that's also a challenge for some people if they're really honest. Um, I know of many people that probably I would say if they were honest with themselves, I don't know if they would say that they want to heal because they're so busy um, focusing on the issue and the problem and the label. So I think those two questions are super, super powerful. And it's only when we can answer these that I think we can really begin to move forward is having that belief, a very powerful belief, the things that we think, Um, but having that belief that, yeah, I think my mental health is designed to heal. And yes, I want to heal. So what I want to do today is challenge us to unsubscribe from the world's view on mental health and subscribe to God's. So viewing mental health from a God-informed worldview actually challenges everything about the secular narrative. Let me say that again. When we view mental health from a God-informed worldview, it challenges everything about the secular narrative. Because what I see is that we subscribe as a society, as humanity, we subscribe really quickly to accepting bad news, to the narrative, oh, I've got a disorder. But what about the opposite? What if instead we acknowledge that but subscribe to hope and to the narrative that we're designed to heal in body and mind? Now, this was super obvious to me when we did the ADHD or when I did the ADHD episodes. Everyone subscribed without question to the diagnosis of ADHD. No one questions that. And, you know, I agreed that some people really struggle because of it. I did the interview with Nicholas. But when I suggested that perhaps it's overdiagnosed or perhaps there are people like Cameron who, you know, don't want the label and have even harnessed it for good or that there are parents who have chosen to use other strategies like diet and um, et cetera really successfully, well, suddenly that's not so acceptable. It's like, um, you know, does that mean that you are not acknowledging those who really suffer? It's like, no, why can't we do both? Yes, I know that there are those that truly do suffer with very severe anxiety, um, ADHD, but that's not everyone's story. And, and it's okay. It doesn't take away from one person's story to share these other stories of examples like I've just shared, parents who are successfully dealt with it or people like Cameron. But it's like, if you do that, it's like, oh, no, 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 that's not acceptable. So why do we subscribe to problems but anyone who subscribes to hope is harmful. That's just crazy to me. Now, I know that there are different levels of mental health issues and disorders, but one thing is definitely in common in today's narrative. Today's secular narrative is all about diagnosing, labeling, and medicating. And my question about that is, is that making us better? And I'm going to give some more stats to you in a minute that we all know the answer to that. Now, Do you know, this is a really interesting fact and a really good analogy for us in this space. I found out the other day that when you break a bone, your bone can never break in that exact spot again. Did you know that? I did not know that. So it can break uh, above it or below it, you know, around it, but never in that exact spot. Because once it's broken and healed, it is stronger than it's ever been. Now, what an amazing body God's created for us. One that makes a break so strong when it heals that it can't break again. What if that's the narrative for our mental health too? 
And yet suddenly when I say things like that, some people will be like, oh my gosh, that's goofy, that's false, that's fluffy, that's unicorns and rainbows. But what we are currently doing is we're allowing the world to inform our narrative around mental health instead of God. And the world is offering no answers. Um, They're offering a lot of labels, but not many solutions. Now, I said it in an earlier pop psychology episode that the more the world talks about and focuses on mental health, the worse we are becoming. Now, you might go, oh, Renee, that's an awfully big statement. Well, if, if you think that, if you think that's a big statement, let me ask you something back. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong when it comes to that statement. Show me that the the evidence that mental health is improving across just Australia, the more we focus on it. Let me give you a few stats. And again, if you want any of these links, you can come to me and I can send them to you. But in 2021 to 2022, 18% of the Australian population, 18%, that's one in six, were dispensed a prescription for a mental health-related medication. So let me say that again. From 2021 to 2022, one in six Australians were dispensed a prescription for a mental health-related medication. And the stats also said that they were given that prescription at least nine times. Now, if we go back in time, go back to 2000 to 2011, just in that period of time, there was a 58.2% increase in the dispensing of psychotropic drugs in Australia. So the the increase happened massively from 2000 to 2011, and then it's been steadily increasing since. But that stat, that from 2000 to 2011, there was a 58.2% increase in the dispensing of psychotropics. I talked about psychotropics uh, in the ADHD episode. And when it comes to antidepressants, there was a 95.3% increase from 2000 to 2011. 95.3% increase in the number of antidepressants being prescribed. That is a massive increase and it's been going up ever since. Now, guys, that's not normal. I am officially unsubscribing from secular standards, and I invite you to come on that journey with me today. It is not helping. Secular society never gets to shape my worldview, and so it's not going to shape it on this. I've just, even as I've been doing these pop psychology episodes, and they've, they've really sharpened me and, um, and my thinking on this, and the more I look into it, the more I'm like, I don't let the world shape my worldview on anything. Why would I let the secular narrative shape my worldview on this? So I invite you to come on this journey today. Only God gets to do that for me and his word. But if I live my life from a Christian worldview, um, then that includes everything, including mental health. And so today we're going to go through six, I think I've got six, six thoughts straight from the Bible where we can start reshaping our worldview on mental health. Now, does that mean that we won't struggle? Of course not. Does that mean we won't find it a challenge at times? No. And the Bible backs this up. Does that mean that we won't go through hard times? No. But what it does mean is that in Christ, we are never without answers and a way forward. 
But let me warn you guys, viewing mental health from a God-informed worldview is going to challenge the secular narrative, and there are going to be people that don't like it. And I've already seen that on um, some of the, you know, some of the comments on my Instagram from ADHD. When you start coming from a God-informed worldview, it will challenge people's secular narrative. They don't like it. Now, I saw some comments on some socials a little while ago where a few Christians were saying, oh, imagine if the church was a more trauma-informed space. And this is what I mean. Like even Christians allow themselves and their worldview to be shaped by the, the secular narrative. And so these people were having a bit of a backwards and forwards conversation and they were like, oh, imagine if the church was more trauma-informed. Well, what's a trauma-informed space? I'm like, what do they mean? So I looked it up. And basically, in a nutshell, it's a space that realizes the impact of trauma, recognizes it, and responds to it. Okay, the three R's. They, they, they realize the impact, they recognize it, and then they respond by integrating knowledge about trauma into its practices. Now, this is where I'm like, what was that person or those people even talking about? Because from my observation of the church spaces that I have been in for over 30 years, And that have even helped my own family when we were going through some major challenges when I was a child. Church is one of the best spaces and an incredible space for those who have suffered. The church is there for the broken and we're all broken in some way. The church is known for its compassion and love of all people from all experiences and walks of life. In fact, we would find few spaces that are more informed and geared geared towards care. In fact, almost every practice that we do in church can help in recovery from worship to hearing sermons about promises of God for our lives to being surrounded by community. You know, the church exists to bring hope, to bring truth, and to highlight the promises of God. So I find it fascinating that people would make comments about, oh, imagine if the church was more trauma-informed. No, People that say that are allowing the secular narrative to shape their worldview, because when you really dig deep, the church has been incredible for people who who suffer in any way, including with mental health. But again, it's like if we talk about the challenges of mental health, well, tick, 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 we're compassionate and we're understanding, right? And of course, we should all understand and talk about the challenges, But when we start to talk about things like what I'm saying today, oh, maybe we've got an ability to heal from mental health. Well, all of a sudden, um, you know, no, that's uncompassionate or maybe even harmful or maybe I'm weird. But I am pushing back hard against that today because like I said, the secular worldview does not get to shape my worldview in this space. What we should all consider weird is how much we are medicalizing mental health. What we should all consider weird is that one in six Australians as of 2021 to 2022 are being handed out a prescription for a mental health disorder. That's what's weird. That's what's crazy. That's what's wrong. So let me put a statement out there for you before we consider these six things I want to go through today. Let me put this statement out there. What if our symptoms are a part of our healing? Boom. What? Some people might not like to hear this. What if our symptoms are a part of our healing? Think about this from a physical point of view, right? A fever is our body's way of healing a virus or an infection. Um, A scab is our body's way of healing a cut. 
pain is our body's way of messaging, hey, something's wrong and needs tending. Symptoms in our bodies are always part of healing. But what we've been taught is, oh, symptoms are bad. So we rush to mask them, fix them, cover them, medicate them, which is not doing our bodies a favor because our symptoms are there A to, I mean, I know people that won't even take Panadol now because they're like, your body when it has a fever, when you've got say the flu, is actually you're gonna you're going to slow down your body's healing. And look, I look, guys, I'm the first one to go get the aspirin or the panadol when I've got a headache or or a fever because you feel so horrible. But some people are like, your I know it feels horrible, but it's your body's way of actually mending and fixing itself. But we've been taught to cover symptoms, and sometimes that can be bad. It's like I've got a pain in my shoulder. I've had a pain in my in my neck. It's not one of my kids. Just kidding. I've had this pain in my neck that I've had on and off for years. It's from a car accident. Now, if I just went into my um, medicine cabinet and pulled out my Panadol or my Nurofen or my aspirin and just kept taking that, that might mask the symptom, but it's not actually getting to the root cause of the healing. Okay, so what we should be doing is listening to our symptoms and letting them take their course and letting them point us to the right direction of what we need to do to heal. Mental health is the same. Symptoms are there as part of our our mind messaging to us. So we need to stop being so afraid of them and rushing to make them go away or to mask them and medicate them. And two things can be true at once, right? We can recognize and be aware of our mental health and particular issues or challenges that we're facing, while at the same time leaning into our faith and to what God says about us in order to take steps to heal. So we can do both at the same time. We can recognize and we can acknowledge while at the same time believing that we don't have to just mask symptoms and medicalize them, but that there is a way forward and that we can heal because God has designed us to heal in body and in mind. So here we go. Let me help you to reshape your worldview on mental health. And it's all come straight from the Bible. Number one, Jesus says we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let me say it again. Jesus says we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed by the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now, there's so much to unpack in this and we don't have much time. But first, like I said before, we don't have to subscribe to the secular worldview on mental health because right here, Jesus is saying, don't subscribe. That's why he says here, do not be conformed by the pattern of the world. The world has got a pattern that they're setting out when it comes to to mental health. And please hear me. I'm not saying don't acknowledge, don't, don't, you know, seek help. Don't, um, you know, um, try and find out what it is or, or get a diagnosis. I'm not saying that, but he is saying, don't subscribe to the pattern, right? Don't be conformed. Instead, he says, he gives us the hope that we can be transformed, right? Now, what does transform mean? It means we can experience huge change, And there's the hope right there. We can experience huge change in our mental health. If you've got anxiety, you can expect, according to the word of God, huge change. Trauma, you can expect huge change. How? By the renewal of your mind. What does renewal mean? This scripture in itself is just so powerful and beautiful. Renewal means to repair and to rebuild. That is so amazing. So what is Jesus telling us? He's saying, hey, you can repair and rebuild your mental health 
And as you do, you will experience huge change. But just remember to do that. Don't subscribe and conform to the world's patterns. Believe that there is a different way. And if that is not enough, that God says it in his words, science backs this scripture up because we all know that thoughts create pathways in our brain, right? And they can actually be physically um, seen. Like they look like our thoughts look like trees and, and with little branches coming out, right? So when we have anxiety, anxious thoughts are a pathway in our mind. And these, like I said, physically, these can be seen. Now, science tells us that these can be changed and rebuilt. Well, God told us that before science ever caught up to tell us, whatever your challenge or issue or diagnosis, Jesus is telling you in this scripture, hey, you can be transformed. There is hope. Your mental pathways can be repaired. They can undergo huge changes, but not if we subscribe to secular worldview on mental health. Number two, Jesus said that he's come to give us life and life abundantly. What beautiful promises these are for our mental health. John 10, 10, the thief has come to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, or some versions say life and life in abundance. Now, you guys would agree with me that when you suffer with mental health challenges, it steals from you. It steals, it kills, it destroys from your life. So when we have mental health challenges, this scripture reminds us that we can be confident those things are not from God. Those things are from the enemy. You know, our, our mental issues, they take life from us. They rob us. They steal. That's the plan of the enemy. God's plan is never to rob from us, but to give to us abundantly. So if he came so that we might have life and, and life in abundance, and Jesus said that knowing that we live in a broken world, that tells me that we have the ability to live in that space of abundant life, even though we're in a broken world. So that means that if we've got, if he's told us we've got the ability to have abundant life, then that means that he's going to give us the tools to live that abundant life. Now, abundant in Greek means, so I want you to apply this to, to your mental health. It means exceedingly, very highly, beyond measure, superfluous, what a great word, a quantity so abundant as to be considerably more than what you would expect or anticipate. Now, this doesn't just refer, this, this scripture does not refer to an abundance of material things. I want you to apply this to your mental health. You know, some of us, we just need to get these scriptures. In fact, if you have issues with mental health challenges, I want you to write each of these scriptures down and you can read these scriptures out and memorize them and say them out loud and then agree with these scriptures in prayer and say these things like, you know, that point just there, Jesus said that he's come to give me life. I accept that life today and abundant life. Okay, third one, Jesus says that you are more than a conqueror. Romans 8.37, it says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, I love how that verse starts with the word no. It's like the world says you're broken. Jesus says, no. The, the, the world says you're disordered. Jesus says, no. He says no to all of that. He says, you, you're not those things. You are more than an overcomer. 
It is not his will for you to be overcome time and time and time again. It's not his will that you're a victim. And like I said, some of us need to get these scriptures and start speaking them out over and over. I've got a sermon that I preach on this very scripture called I've Got the Nikes, because the word Nike is the same word as conqueror in this scripture. How cool is that? The word Nike and um, comes from the Greek word Nikeo, N-I-K-A-O, which means conqueror. So it's the same word we find here in Romans. And, and that's why the uh, you know the tick the Nike tick on shoes that Nike tick is synonymous obviously it's the symbol for Nike do you know why it's actually the symbol of the whoosh sound right let me explain this to you that tick is actually meant to symbolize whoosh now what's the whoosh for it's the sound you hear when someone runs past you did you know that that tick on the Nike, just do it. The Nike brand, the tick is actually a whoosh symbol, which is the sound you hear when someone runs past you. That is how God intends you to live. Whoosh, running and conquering and moving forward. Did you know that there's actually a group of veterans in America who are trying to get the label PTSD changed to PTSI. These guys are a bunch of conquerors. Now, PTSD, you would know, stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. These veterans are of the view that it should be PTSI, post-traumatic stress injury, because their view is it's an injury that we can heal from. Whoosh, conqueror, Nike, more than a conqueror. So their view is, I I don't have a disorder because disorder implies something you're stuck with for life. And so there's a group of veterans um, lobbying to change that, um, to drop the D because they're like, no, this is just an injury that we got and we can heal from it. I'm like, go you veterans. That's absolutely amazing. Fourth way, let me speak into your worldview. Number four, Jesus says that suffering produces good things. Now, we all like the good things part, and we don't really like the uh, the suffering part. But Romans 5, verse 3 to 5 says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, woohoo, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope is what we need when we have challenges, especially with mental health. And what does hope do in verse five? It does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So what do we need to learn from this? That suffering produces good things, that we can rejoice even when we don't feel like it, when we face trials and sufferings. And that includes mental sufferings because these things produce good things in us. That's why two weeks ago, I did an episode on the 10 ways that trauma has made me stronger. We have just been so deceived that our life goal should be that we are comfortable, which is why we don't like these uh, these mental health um, disorders and why we want to, you know, medicate them and um, and almost be accepting of them because we we don't want to be uncomfortable. But that's not what Jesus says. He says we need to be that we're all going to be uncomfortable, and that and being uncomfortable and going through hard things makes us stronger and produces good results inside of us. And all of these things make us more like Christ. 
And what did Paul say? He said he was glad for his weakness and suffering because then God's strength could rest in him. So this is a bit like the breaking of the bone. Remember the bone that when we break it, it never breaks again in that exact place? Um, well, our mind is is exactly like that. God has made us wonderfully and fe- fearfully. And if we've had a part of our mind that is broken, why can't we be healed and that part of our mind be stronger than ever? Number five, God gave us the promise that we can remain stable. What a great worldview this is when it comes to a godly informed worldview about mental health. We've been given a promise that we can remain stable. Now, this is my all-time favorite psalm, um, but I'll just read verse 1, Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. Let me read that again. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy, no foe can withstand. Now, the rest of Psalm 91, I encourage you to read it, full of incredible promises, including this in verse 1, the ability to remain stable. Now, I learned this one years ago from Joyce Meyer. Remaining stable applies to every part of our life, including our mental health, including our emotions. Now, there are many other verses, by the way, that talk about... um, remaining stable. So this is this is a a theme right throughout the Bible, you know, scriptures about not being shaken, not being moved, right? That's all around stability, about building our house on the rock so we won't be moved, about setting our um our feet on a rock, about dwelling in perfect peace, scriptures about our leaves remaining green even though we're in doubt, drought. So all of these scriptures have one thing in common and that is having Christ as our foundation. So when we have Christ as our foundation, we can remain stable, fixed, unmovable, unshakable, and that includes our mental health. So when we start to feel emotionally and mentally overwhelmed, we can run to him. We can pour out our hearts to him. We can stand on his word and we can do what Psalm 91 says, which is to dwell, to hide ourselves in his presence. And number six, oh, I've got seven. I said six. Sorry, guys. It's actually seven. Number six, God says, that we shall run and not grow weary, and we shall walk and not faint. What a great promise that, again, we can apply this to our mental health. We can run and not grow weary. We can walk and not be faint. We don't have to be faint in our, in, you know, mentally faint. Um, Isaiah 40, verse 30 and 31, even the youth shall faint and be weary. Look at that, God understanding that sometimes we feel faint. That can be faint you know, it, it may be physically, but I think this scripture more is talking about emotionally and mentally. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail, fall. Sorry, but they that wait upon the Lord, what's the promise? Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. God understands we all feel faint of heart and mind and spirit at times. He understands we all have times where we will utterly fall. Have you ever felt like that? But again, after acknowledging that, he gives us a promise. He says, hey, if you wait on me, we will renew. I will renew your strength. Why can't we start waiting on God for our mental health, right? Why can't we wait on him for mental strength and stamina and capacity? And number seven, the seventh way that we can start to have our worldview on mental health reshaped is that 
God, I love this one. This is my favorite. God promises that we shall make progress on our place of trouble. And I'm going to read you one of my all-time favorite scriptures. So number seven, God promises that you will make progress in your places of trouble and difficulty. Guys, go check out Habakkuk in the Old Testament 3 verse 19. Have a listen to this. Let this wash over you today. The Lord is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hind's feet and will make me to walk not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. Now that's the amplified version. Let me read it to you again. This is something I repeat aloud to myself all the time. God, you are my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. You make my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Now, I've got this not only highlighted in my Bible, I've got it underlined as well. So you guys, you are designed to move forward and to make progress. Again, God is acknowledging difficult times, right? He's talking about the difficult times, the the places of trouble, suffering or responsibility. But he says that we are made, you are created to make progress. There's such hope attached to this. Let me um, finish with this really great story. A few years ago, I went to New Zealand to do a women's conference and I toured New Zealand with this beautiful um, lady that I met who's now a friend of mine called Liz. We went everywhere like Auckland, Christchurch, uh, Dublin, Dublin, I forget. Oh gosh, guys, I'm shocking with, um, with geography. Anyway, the other place we went was Queenstown. Now, when we went to Queenstown, there's this this sky lift that takes you up this really steep mountain, right? And at the very top of this mountain is a cafe. That's what I was going for, the coffee. And then if you want, you can catch the luge down, which is like this um, um, scary, long, slippery dip that goes back down the mountain and you sit inside this little kind of cart thing, right? The luge. So I went with her up the mountain in the sky lift and I could not believe, guys, when I looked out the sky lift, I think they were deer. I don't I have to look that up. Do they have, they look like deer anyway. There was an animal that looked like a deer on the mountain and there was heaps of them. I was like, what the heck? We're in Queenstown. Like it's cold. It's snowing. And there were these, there were these deer there. Now this mountain was so steep that it was almost vertical. Hence why I'm going up it in a sky lift, right? Like not like going up it in a car. It was so steep. And the deer were scaling up and down this mountain with complete ease. Now, I immediately, this scripture came to my mind. And every time I read this scripture, I've got that experience in the back of my mind. I can see it. Now, that mountain is the challenges that we face. It's our mental health. It's the, the you know, like the scripture says, it's the places of trouble or suffering or responsibility. But God promises that I've got the feet of one of those deer. And remember what the deer were doing. They were just like running up and down with ease. That's what you, God has created you and I that way. So we're designed to walk and make progress, not to stand still and be stuck in terror, but to make progress. And that includes our mental health. So guys, let me just go over these as, as we finish off. 
but my challenge today, and look, you know that I'm a great questioner. I pretty much question everything these days. If anyone tells me anything like in any space, it can be a doctor, it can be a mental health specialist. I'm like, hmm, let me suss this for myself. And I've been watching this for a long time and I'm even watching the church subscribe to all this mental health like stuff because it's like we're afraid. It's like we're afraid to stand on the promises of God because like, oh, we don't want to be harmful. We don't want to be incompassionate. What I find harmful and uncompassionate is allowing people to be stuck. And I find the secular narrative more and more the, the thing that's becoming uncompassionate because like I said, just look at the statistics and look, prove me, prove me wrong. Show me that mental health has improved since we've been focusing on it um, more. And so my um, my answer to all of this is that the same as in anything. What does God say? Like, let's have our worldview on everything, including pop psychology, including all areas of mental health. May our worldview not be informed by the world, but be informed by God and his word. So let me go through those seven again write them down, write the scriptures down, learn them, use them, pray them out. But here are seven ways to start reshaping your worldview on mental health. Number one, Jesus says that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Number two, Jesus says he came to give you life and life abundantly. Number three, Jesus says you are more than a conqueror. Remember Nike, whoosh. Number four, Jesus says that suffering is going to produce good things in you. Number five, God in the Old Testament gave us the promise that we can remain stable and not be shaken and not be moved. Number six, God says that you shall run and not grow weary. You shall walk and not faint, even though he understands that young people, even youths get tired and weary. And number seven, he promises that we shall make progress with the feet of a deer on our places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. I pray that this has blessed you today. I want you to share this episode with everybody you know. I want you to send them a text with this episode and go, oh my gosh, I've never considered before that maybe we've had, well, no one's ever really challenged before our worldview on mental health. And I'm choosing to unsubscribe from the secular worldview because it's not helping. And I think if we can start talking to other people about, guys, we need to get back to subscribing to God's worldview when it comes to mental health. So share it with everyone that you you know, because today's episode is just, because it's not my words, it's God's words. They're just full of hope, full of hope and full of life and full of promise. And the Bible says that hope is the anchor for the soul. And so I pray that this episode is an anchor for your soul and for the soul of everyone that you send it to today. So guys, thank you so much for joining me. Not quite sure where we're going to head uh, with an episode for next week, but no doubt I will come up with something juicy as always. Thank you for joining me. I love you. Go and have the most wonderful, wonderful week. And I look forward to being back with you next Wednesday. Until then, have a hope-filled, conquering week. (laughs) See ya. Bye.